Hey, yo, and here we go. Another episode of We Talk Music is on the air and in your ear. And once again, I am Martin, and I have with me the king of the casters. He's Mr. Brett Podcast. And Brett, we don't have just one guest. We have, uh, I don't know, is it a herd of cats? So we're going to see how this goes as we try and organize this. Herd of cool cats. <laughs> well, of course you are. I mean, well, some and, of and us. Especially, you know, because two of you are wearing hats. Uh, so, I mean, the hats on cool cats. Technically, wow. three of us cats. are wearing hats. Oh, three, yes. Dave's got a toque. What, what you guys would know is a toque. That's right. No, we're good I, 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 wore it, I wore it in solidarity of you guys. So. <laughs> well, we have four of the five members of Crashing Wayward on the show. It's wonderful to have everybody. We've got Stacy and Peter and David and Sean. And what happened to Carl really is the big He's question. He's passed out on, the, on Stacy's couch, actually. <laughs> It's funny because Carl literally lives in the house next door to me, um, ironically. Uh, but uh, I think he's uh, he had to do some last minute Christmas shopping. Well, that makes sense because I mean, don't we all? Or, or I certainly do. I know he couldn't, he couldn't make it, but uh, he's here in spirit. So I uh, I did my last minute Christmas shopping yesterday, and thanks to Amazon and the minus. 30 degree weather here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. <laughs> It'll be the year around December 29th. So yeah, perfect. <laughs> Save it for next year. Oh, well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know what? They weren't very good this year. They were all naughty. <laughs> so, anyways, we are here to talk about, uh, I mean, especially especially breathe. That's the that's your song, your newer song. And then, but mostly I want to get into why. Your, how you guys started, like how you came together and what, what made Crashing Wayward? Well, it kind of, made Crashing Wayward. Yeah. It's a couple of different things, Brett. Um, it, the band kind of came out of the ashes of a band I had before uh, called Electric Radio Kings. And we actually did two shows uh, at, under that name before some of it hit. Uh, Sean hadn't joined the band yet, but it was Dave, Pete, myself, and Carl. Um, so when COVID hit, uh, anyways, that band had imploded, uh, had some small success, but imploded. I'm thankful that it did. It gave birth to this band. And when COVID hit, you know, we obviously couldn't play live. So we had spent that entire year just writing and figuring out the band we wanted to be. And it was kind of at that point, Pete said, you know, Stacey's time to let go of the, the life raft and let that name go. He's the only guy left from that band. And uh, so we changed the name. People loved it. And um, we really started, you know, becoming the band we wanted to be, which was a kind of a mixture of like Rival Sons, Stone Temple Pilots, The Killers, and many other influences that came in. And uh, we all just started writing and writing and writing and writing. So that all of 2020 the studios opened back up and we got to work with uh, uh mike gillies and went to the hideout uh recording studio and uh, just kevin Cherko's place here in las vegas and we started the process and we filmed a video for breathe and uh then last year we kind of started pushing out more music and here we are today you know, full album that's almost done <laughs> and uh re-release of breathe so that's the short version. <laughs> you all, I mean, we're so used to people now remotely recording 
but you guys all got together. You guys all did it the old-fashioned way. What's the advantage of that? Well, we were separate quite a bit, actually. Yeah. It's kind of spaced out. If any one of you guys want to come out on that. I think for this, for this record, I know it's, it was definitely different than however how I've done records all in the past. As It was almost like I compared to like um, how like Mutt Lang would make a record with like the Death Leopards of the world, um, how the the bed tracks were kind of like, we, we had the songs and we started making the tracks and then drums like went on last. So things were constantly changing and evolving. And, you know, and to get to the point where it's at and where we're at now, like we'd breathe, you know, we had like, we went in, like Carl wrote that, music for that like 11 years ago i think that's what pete was saying in another interview we did um and then pete wrote some through some lyrics on it i think stacy might have helped out with the bridge and then i took the verse and messed with that a little bit and changed how that was at and added some bunch of slide on it so it just kind of it was a combination of working together but also far apart at the same time because the ideas were just coming in and we experiment and try stuff in the studio whether it was stacy by himself or me by myself and then pete would go and throw his vocals on and sean because he couldn't get out of bed early enough because he was his coffee machine was broken would come in last and add his drums on top of it <laughs> i have the luxury of a studio in my house so i can just walk downstairs and do my thing whenever i need to and I, I actually uh, recorded how I always prefer with only me and the producer in a candlelit room. <laughs> and, uh, so. <laughs> a warm bubble bath on the side. So then, Sean, uh, how difficult is it to add drums later in the process? Because, I mean, I know we're so used to hearing about the drums going and laying down the, laying down the, the kind of vibe first. Yeah, it was, like Dave said, it was very weird for me, too. I had never done it that way uh, either. But, um, you know, the demos, you know, like the original demo that Carl had done of Breathe, you know, that got sent to everybody. And then everybody at home just kind of started working on it. And then I think Stacy came over and probably Carl um, to my house here. And we kind of re-demoed it with the, with some changes and then sent it off to Dave and he added some stuff on his end. And then it just kind of morphed that way. And then by the time the music was put together and the vocals were on it, we were pretty close to the direction of the song. Then I went and did the real drum track for it. And then the guys just went in and started laying all the guitar parts. I mean, so it's not like we recorded in the studio all the guitar parts and then I had to play drums over the top of it. You know, we it was a lot of demo work leading up to us actually getting it done. It was a very, very different process. And that's why this record's taken 18 months. But there was something very cool about it because we did a lot of experimenting and a lot of stuff was done on the fly. Kind of how Mike works, he would just say, hey, he would pick up a guitar, play this. And we were like, wow, or try this, try this idea, try this idea. And we recorded everything, just mountains of files. But it was cool because another guy would go in and hear like, whoa, what was that? Like, I would hear Dave's parts and go, whoa, like, wow. 
And so it was always a kind of an excitement every week to hear something from somebody different because we weren't all in the same room. So that's kind of how that worked. And that was very different for, like Dave was saying, uh, I've never done a record, done a lot of records over my career, but never one quite. So then when it comes to the overall songwriting, like especially for the entirety of the album, I mean, you talk about how old Breathe is, like how... Oh, like, are the rest of the songs of a similar age, or or was there kind of like, did you get newer as you went along? No, everything's yeah. written over the year, right? Over 20, 20, 21 and 20, right? Uh, well, I believe no. Uh, we have a track that's uh, in bed with my head, uh, was the last one written. So I would say early 2022, uh, we completed uh, writing. For the album but i mean over those two years we kind of we wrote a lot of the stuff was new that we you'd got together and demoed and this guy had an idea or this guy had... let's not skip over the fact that you said in bed with my head is that is that yes. the title? that is, gotta it be is a great title that's new best title of 2022 for sure <laughs> thank you yeah <laughs> like wh when did you come up with that title <laughs> like where you're you sitting there there it's like in bed with oh i like that in bed with my head we got to do that yeah i don't know where it came from it was just one that, i don't know maybe i was in bed with my head i at the time i thought of it i don't i have no idea Listen, but I, Pete I has a lot of issues cool. that doesn't <laughs> surprise anybody yeah <laughs> Now, when you, when you are writing the songs, like, do you come up with, does the song title come first or does the song title come afterwards? Uh, yeah, so actually I, I do keep kind of like a little journal with uh, lyrics and ideas and song titles. I love if an idea pops, like a title comes in and kind of just inspires a direction of a song. We've, I've actually done that quite a bit with uh, a few of these tracks uh mouth to god's ear was one of them and having that title kind of just like made everything flow out um which is another song on this album which i'm really excited to, excited to uh release one of these days soon um but yeah that's kind of how i work usually is kind of uh finding a cool title that i like and then just allowing it to kind of manifest itself so then as the rest of the band like comes in like it's like so so what is the first step for the rest of the band like who who kind of jumps on it first or is that just whoever's around they kind of jump on something and then you go from there it was kind of just like somebody might come in with a finished idea and then pete will add lyrics to it and then we'll just kind of build on that or we'll take an existing idea and add to it or we may change the arrangement of it and it's like you know four very strong writers in the span so we have the luxury of like really having a lot of just great momentum when songs process is starting with the writing and uh, pete writes all the lyrics and, and melodies and then mike will change everything uh you know so that was another thing that you know people were really tied to certain things and like uh, you know, change it and you, you get worn down, okay, you know, and then it becomes better, you know, so, um, but that's the creative process, you know, that's uh, usually how it works. It works really well. Yeah, I think the key was in recording these songs, 
was to not be sold on one way, it being the only way. Uh, I know that like what Stacy just said, going in, changing, you know, time signatures or melodies was got to be open for it. And in pretty much all the cases, it made it better. So we lost Dave as uh, I know he might be having some. Yes, he seems to be uh, trying to come in and out. But uh, so hopefully we'll get him back. So then what was it like working with Mike Gillies? Um, amazing. This is actually the second record I've done with Mike. So I was kind of privy to his um, intense way of recording <laughs> and producing. So, uh, but for the other guys, um, you know, it was very, I'll let you guys explain. Everybody had a different experience. Uh. Yeah, I know for me, um, he pulled uh, a lot out. Like, he really kind of got what I was trying to do and accomplish. He knew where I wanted to go, so he would pull that out of me. Um, and he was honest, you know, if something wasn't hitting him or wasn't uh, feeling right to him, we would go back and redo it again. And uh, he gave me that freedom. Even even so much where I would go and track a song uh, and be like, okay, that was a great session. And the next day I was sitting on him and I would call him and say, you know what? I got to come back and redo the whole thing. And he'd be op open to it. If it made it better, then we did it. And so I think that was kind of like the blessing of having this time to make this album is we really got to give everything that we had into each song you know nothing was just kind of like all right turn and burn it's you know what i like to say this album is is all killer no filler oh that's nice pete thank you they, i came up with that yeah <laughs> <laughs> trademark <laughs> yeah. and mike is canadian as well well excellent yeah. i mean let's not hold that against them no, <laughs> no. no. sorry eh? i like to say it's it's all stuff and no fluff yeah there you go, yeah. there you go. <laughs> so then when it when it comes down to i mean especially with you peter i mean when it comes to working with a producer and you talk about like doing it alone in the studio like when do you know when do you feel like you have a vocal right oh gosh that's a that's a really good question i think um yeah that is that is, you know, that's kind of like a trick question in the sense that I could keep doing it and doing it and doing it. Sometimes you just got to be able to like, let it be, let it sit. Um, and it's, I know for Mike and I, what we were trying to achieve through this whole album was catching a vibe. And in some moments I could be, there's some parts of these songs where I'm off key. And it sounds cool because it works with the song and it caught a vibe. So I think that's what we were really trying to capture was an overall vibe of the song. So it wasn't about trying to overdo it and make it overproduced and over perfect. It was just uh, like one of my favorite vocalists is Bono, actually. And I think that in his voice, you hear a lot of vulnerability. And that's what I was really trying to 
capture was the vulnerability in what the subject of the song was and again the vibe welcome back dave hey thanks for having me hey, dave. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the bathroom. <laughs> i don't know what happened all of a sudden i was like i was out and i was like okay I guess I answered that question really poorly last time. Like, yeah, no yeah. wrong answer. Get an eject button. Yeah, when we have this many guests on, then we can absolutely go power mad. So it's even better. <laughs> so also now, I mean, you guys are are on RFK. What's it like working with Ron Keel and and kind of you know dealing with and and having RFK behind you? Well, I've known Ron for a very long time. I actually played in one of his bands. And um, there's no harder working guy in the business. I mean, that guy is 24-7, takes a power nap at some point during the night, and he's back at it the second he wakes up. Balls to the walls. Uh-huh. Balls to the walls. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Hey, that's I, mean, cool, I, got, I got an email from him at 5 o'clock this morning which don't ask why I was awake, but I was. <laughs> but I mean, Ron is just a great guy. He's got a lot of great connections. He's got a huge drive. And and I think it's almost like he believes in this band more than we do. I mean, he is full-blown 24-7 crashing wayward. You know, he he's very convinced that this could be huge and is pulling out every stop in the book to make it happen. He really understands the band too, from uh, a you know outsider point of view, looking in like what we're trying to do as a modern rock band with a little bit of alternative edge, but we have a lot of retro stuff, you know, in our sound as well. We don't really sound like a lot of the newer bands. We sort of do, but we have our own thing too, and gets that. Um, and I, I think it was that the. the personal connection you know that we saw that right away and like you said you know what if we could sign with another label and shop this record for months and months and months but i don't think you're going to find a harder working guy than ron who's honest and um has a great little staff over there and they're already they're already kicking ass for us with with breathe so um it's going to be a great 2023 yeah, because it's got to be so important to have the right people backing you. I mean, I mean, Stacey, you would know as well as anybody. I mean, how yeah. awful it can be when you don't have the support of a good label. And yes. we've heard how many stories, you know, I mean, bazillions of stories within the music industry of terrible labels taking advantage of a band. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Last label I was on, I didn't even get a download report. I mean, this was a subsidiary of Universal. Just joke. So with Ron, I can guarantee you this album is not getting shelved. <laughs> <laughs> it is coming out, no doubt. <laughs> so then when do you guys actually think the record is coming out? Like, is that more of a, you know, kind of a flexible date right now? Or do you have a That's firm one? Probably like around spring, I think, is what we're kind of aiming for. Yeah, as, long as, yeah, as long as the stars align and mixes get done and things get mastered. and I think that's yeah somewhere between now and 2018. Wait, that's going backwards. <laughs> no, I think it's. I think 
I think, yeah, sometime, you know, you know, Stacy says late February, I think spring, we'll see what happens. I think we just want to make sure we put it out where it gets the, you know, the right push and we're out there for the rest of the year, next year, promoting it and hit, trying to hit as many places as we can, getting overseas and hopefully get up to Canada. And Yeah. Yeah, we got all the, uh, we're lining up all our ducks. We got the album cover. Uh, mm. We're finalizing that up. We've done some promo shots. So it's, yeah, we're getting it all together. And then how involved is Ron with all of that stuff? I think he lets us kind of be, you know, drive the horse, so to speak. I mean, he has his input, as does the other staff members there. But, uh, you know, he, he knows kind of our vision. So uh, he's been gracious enough to kind of, you know, here's what we want. Here's what we're doing. Better like it. <laughs> we like it. And but no, he's pretty flexible on that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, you must know you have something with Breathe. I mean, you know, the, I mean, it must be a good feeling, you know, when that song is complete and you just kind of go, like, there's something there that's special because it is. It's a tremendous song. Uh, thank, you. thank you. Thank you. He heard, uh, we, a third, we did kind of a third release. We really did. We released it on Bandcamp, uh, but we didn't do full iTunes stuff. Uh, and a song called Tr Stranger Days, very, very strong song, kind of a mid-tempo song. Uh, and that song is the song that got assigned with him. He was floored by it. And he said, this is the best song I've heard in 20 years. And he said, quote, unquote, what was it, Sean? You ruined my day. <laughs> yeah, he, he called. Well, I had sent him the song and it took him a couple weeks before he responded, which was abnormal. And uh, <clears throat> he called me up one day and cussed me out for ruining his day and said that he finally got around to listening to Stranger Days and that it, it wrecked his day. And that he says, I've probably listened to it 12 times already. I keep hitting the space bar when it ends. And it's just, it's a fabulous song. And I got this new record label and we need to talk. So that's kind of how it all came to be. But that's, yeah. That that's the song, and you know he's still to this day is like, don't touch when we're you know we're remixing stuff now for the record and getting everything mastered and finalized, and he's like, do not touch that song. You know what that song means to me. Don't touch it. <laughs> so we remixed it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the, yeah, we tweaked it. We tweaked it. Yeah, it does have to make you feel good when uh, when somebody you know. Um, you know, because Ron's seen it all, let's be honest, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, he came and saw the band uh, at October 15th. Um, and that just solidified everything because you do have the luxury of being a great uh, live band. And, you know, Pete is just, you know, see this guy on stage. He's, he's, you know, he's just, it has such a presence, you know, he's, and that's, you know, comes, I think, from, your influences, Pete, um, that when people see the band and see Pete, they're just like, holy shit. You know, so him seeing us in our element was another huge factor. And said, he goes, my God, you guys are a stadium act. To hear that, that was like pretty, pretty awesome feeling to, to hear that um, from a peer. 
and someone who's you know done a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, so we closed that show out with Breathe, and Ron made his way through the crowd and was dead center with me. And just to see him, just like with a big smile on his face and feeling it, was pretty awesome. So then, what makes you know a crashing wayward live show? I think it's all our different elements that it's like there's just so much different sound and texture and presence. Uh, it's very unique band. Um, everybody's doing different things when we play live and it just all comes together. Everyone's just an amazing musician. Pete's got this really cool vibe of, you know, Bowie and Scott Weiland and Michael Jackson. Um, if I could say that, you know, <laughs> you grab your crotch a lot. Is that, is that really <laughs> 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 Idol level. Yeah. Um, so it's like, you know, the experience of seeing us live is very unique. And people are just like, you know, Eddie Trunk, who's a good friend of mine, he came and saw us in July. And, uh, he was blown away. He came right up to me. He goes, I'm your friend and I'm not going to bullshit you, but that was fucking legit. (laughs) That felt good too. You know what I mean? To, to hear that from somebody like Eddie uh, Trunk. So. Yeah, we're very blessed. You know, I'm very grateful for everybody in this band. Well, you, everybody needs to obviously play a role musically, but everybody needs to play a role personality-wise too. So, what's everybody's different role personality-wise within the band? I think it's all our individual backgrounds, and it's kind of like a Guns N' Roses thing. Each guy, you know, look at that early incarnation of '87. Free appetite that year. I remember seeing them in a magazine first time, and I picked up on it right away. It's like, well, that guy looks like from that, 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 and that, but it all worked. And I think that that's kind of what you know you get with this vibe. It's like there's a uniqueness with each individual, but as a package, it's it really comes across very cool. I mean, and, but it, what's, what's interesting more is that you can show somebody a picture or hear, let someone hear the band and you're going to get a different reaction from every, each individual person from, oh, that band sounds like STP or they sound like Shine Down or you, somebody even say, you guys sound like Maroon 5. It's like, <laughs> what? You know, or, you know, damn, kind of reminds me of like Jesus and the Mary Chain, like when they look at a picture. So it's, it's really unique. Because that's hard to capture when you either hear a band and see a band. Oh, they look, you get the same answer. Oh, they, they look and sound exactly like, say, Disturbed or whatever. With this, you get several different things. And I'm like, we've captured it. That's what we were trying to do is be very. So, I mean, you guys are ostensibly based out of Las Vegas. Like, how how is it to be? You know, how, what does Vegas offer you, you know, kind of as a home base? $5 blackjack tables. Okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> that, that's the way to make the money then for the, for the, for the tour, I guess. It, it's um, kind of, that's a, the, yeah. I know for me, like, personally, like what I like about Vegas, I write a lot of songs that I'm in Vegas. I don't know if it's something about the energy of the city or, this, you know the temperature, looking at the, you know just the landscape. 
this, you know, seeing all the people around and the stories that they might have that you're like thinking that there could be a song, you know, that's what Vegas to me offers this band. It like the, the storytelling aspect and this, the, the visual thing that might be inspiring in some way. You know, there's so many musicians here and every band and every tour comes through this town and there's a, just a ton of um, venues that they play in. And I mean, you can see, you know, a huge band in a club, you know, like a house of blues kind of thing out here, or you could see them in Allegiant stadium. And, and I think that's another element that, you know, you kind of get to go um, learn. You get, you get, you get to take away from all these great musicians, these great tours on, what works and what doesn't work and what's cool and not. And, and it just kind of gets in your DNA and that's, you know, that becomes the band then. Like Stacy was saying, you could walk into any one of our homes and go through our record collection. And I don't think anyone's going to have the same, uh, the same one. We're five very different people musically. And, you know, that's from our upbringings and, and it's just, it, it, it's a melt. This band's a melting pot, and it just it worked somehow, some way. It just it came together perfectly. Well, we're really trying to drive the original factor of being a Vegas band as well, because there's not that many original bands from Vegas. It's more known for you know, cover bands and stuff like that. It's kind of an interesting entity of its own as far as the Las Vegas music scene goes. So we're really driving the pull of like, hey, let's see some more original bands from Las Vegas as opposed to LA, Nashville, or New York. So, uh, you know, we're really, you know, riding high with that flagpole. Well, David is gone again. So if you want to say he's the weak link, now's the time. <laughs> <laughs> he's a critical link. so then what does everybody i mean obviously you i mean you i mean peter you sing you know stacy you play guitar you know drums and stuff like that but what does everybody individually bring to the band i mean you know from your past i think it's just you know it's so hard brett to find four or five guys three other guys or four other guys that are like-minded that are driven and want the same end result. And that is, you capture that as lightning in a bottle. So it's a common thread between the five of us. We want to be successful and we really are proud of the work. And, you know, where other times, and nobody has an ego or anything in this band. It's, that's a nice, refreshing, you know, uh, or not, to have guys that are kind of flaky or, you know, we're all, all really super driven. And I think it's like, we all pick up on that energy and everybody does different stuff in the band, like business wise too. It's like not, you know, when I was on electric Grady Kings, everything was bestowed onto me. And I was carrying this giant weight around. It's like, it doesn't work like that. It's been everybody does stuff to help all of us out in the band. So that's, that's yeah, I think that we're 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 bringing our experiences from our previous bands to this band. Like, we are the real deal. Like, 
these guys, we all show up to rehearsal. It's, you know, it's about the song. It's about entertaining. It's about uh, the music. It really is. It's not about posing or, you know. Um, so I think we're bringing our past experiences in our previous bands and really putting everything into this band. You know, every like, again, like Stacy's saying, everybody has a role. Everybody's up to, nobody's can't be found and not doing their job. And we, again, we're here to make incredible music, play incredible shows, entertain people. And um, I think that's, you know, what makes us a success so far is that. Is, is it then harder or easier to be in a band the older you get? What are you I, saying? <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure that the, that the overall the way time works, we're always getting older. So <laughs> don't worry, yeah. you're not old. I'm That's sure a double, yeah, double loaded question, right? But I, it's kind of a, it, it is a bit of a two edged sword. But I think you bring your experience of what not to do from your past experiences. You know, older, wiser. Um, it being in a band period and trying to move, you know, no pun intended, crash your way through, uh, it's hard as shit. It's so hard. But it's like, you know, sometimes you catch that nice big wave. And I feel there's something very special with this band. And I'm very grateful for everybody involved. And it's like, I feel it. I think everybody feels it. So it's, that's a nice little word. What's a gift? But um, I think you learn from your experiences and don't do that. Don't make those same mistakes. Um, so, but it, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. It's just Every tough single, being in the music industry, period. Every single guy in this band was playing out as a teenager and never stopped. You know, you maybe take a little hiatus here and there when you're in between bands or whatever, but this is what the five of us have done our entire lives. Dave is the youngest member of the band, you know, up to Stacy and Stacy and I are about the same age. And, you know, you just, you get to a point where you're like, listen, we're not 20 years old anymore. You know, drinking and carrying on like an idiot is just not fun, not smart business. It doesn't, it's not going to help anything. So, you know, we're just five level headed guys now that have got a large, um, music business background between us we know what to do and not to do and you know nobody's an idiot in the band no one's got an ego like stacy said we're five guys that are here to work and kick ass and do whatever it takes to make that happen yeah i know for me right now i'm at the best i know it kind of sounds a little cliche but i'm at my best i've ever been you know, if I was 20 something years old, I'd be writing about stupid stuff. Nobody cares about, you know, um, so I'm I'm writing the best. I'm seeing the best I've ever. I know who I am now. So I know where I can go and take this stuff. And I know that the guys are the same way right now. So I know I've known Stacy for 20 years and not because we're finally working together. This is our first band together and uh, working together. I know he's doing the best stuff he's ever done in his career. And he's he's had a long, amazing career. So I feel um, everybody 
feels the same way about this band and what we're doing. Well, it's a lot of work, obviously, to break a new band. Uh, but is it fun? Is it exciting? Or is it just work and a hassle? Oh, no, it's fun. Super exciting. Super exciting, yeah, definitely. Um, it can be a nightmare when you're working with nightmare people. Um, I'm not going to allude on that. <laughs> um, that's, yeah, and that can be the worst. But it's like with this, it's like, yeah, there's, there's tough days. It's like you get down. And it's like we argue like any family would too about stuff, but it's yeah, it's super exciting. And like Pete's saying, I think it's the you know, I know I've done a lot of great stuff throughout my career. This is so exciting because it's new, it's not rehashed, so to speak, something very different and new modern and unique, or unique, I think, you know. Because it is everything, anything really new. Everything's been done. You can package it, right? But it's all borrowed from other stuff. But what I love about this band, it's you. And that's where my excitement comes from. Well, and then it's so interesting because I guess when you when you have, you know, been around the music industry for so long, the idea of coming into something now, like I, I it almost feels to me like you would think that that it wouldn't you've done so much that it wouldn't be as exciting, but now you're telling me that you've done so much and this is super exciting because it's just like, wow, this is, this is actually what I've been looking for. Yeah. You know, I, that, that's a huge statement right there, Brad. Totally in a nutshell, you know, over the last, I'd say six years or so, I've really gone out of my way to kind of reinvent myself, kind of like a chameleon. Uh, and I feel like really pushed through that barrier uh, knowing myself personally as a musician, but musically um, and band-wise too. So I love what I'm playing. I'm writing the best I've ever had with my career. I'm really experimenting in different styles. So it's like I feel kind of like reborn, like a teenager, you know. Um, so that's exciting to me, you know. I think it it shows in the band, and I think everybody else is feeling like that. If there's just just lightning of creativity and vibe. Well, yeah, David, like, you're you're back, David, and you should have heard all the stuff they were saying about you while you're gone. <laughs> well, you should probably leave that. again. That's what I was saying, and I'm sure it was on time. <laughs> just kidding. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> I concur with everything they said. I have no idea what we're talking about now, but you know what? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> when you talk about creativity, like, what are those moments that you find where, where like this band allows you the creativity, whereas other bands didn't? I think it's, um, it's a vibe, you know. Sorry to cut you off, Dave, but like Dave is like, it's incredible. I've never worked with a guitar player and when we're beginning to rehearse, he's just playing, and Dave's busting out. I'm like, what's that you're playing? He goes, I don't know. I go, put your phone and record that. So it's like you pick up on that excitement, and then you hear Pete sing, and you're watching Sean, and you're watching Carl. That, for me, is really cool. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just like, creative thing i think you just 
say like, I don't think I'm just, I'm just more of an antenna for ideas. So I need, I always try to try to get out my own way. So the less I think, the more ideas come out. And I think that's what this project got to see, you know, just don't think about it. Just try to write the coolest stuff you could possibly write, you know, whether it's, you know, trying to get Pete excited to write lyrics on it or Stacy to write a cool guitar part over my already, what I think is a cool guitar part. Then, you know, wait until Sean gets out of bed, gets his coffee made to put some drums on it. But, you know, it's, it's all about just being open and letting that thing come through you that's already out there. Now, Sean, this co this coffee thing has come up like a couple of times now, so there's, there's got to be something there. That's <laughs> it, an absolute must. It's a big boy. You know, but before, while we were working on the record, Carl lived in Los Angeles, and so he'd come up like every week, and we'd demo stuff here at the house or go into the studio and work on stuff, and him and I wake up directly to the coffee machine there's no messing around that's got to happen before anything in the day <laughs> well you know it's it's a it's a better uh you know vice than a lot of them out there now. <laughs> true yeah and the less you think the more ideas you get if that was the case i'd have ideas all day long <laughs> <laughs> oh you'd be surprised man just like like i said like for me like i just i just try to stay open you know it's like i think when you just overthink something for me again i'm speaking for myself it's like we just you're gonna second guess yourself and you you know if you like something or if it's cool or not like your gut tells you so like when you come up with something and you need to rewrite it you rewrite it that's kind of like how this whole project was you know there um stranger days was mentioned earlier like that had a totally different verse and i personally like i, I remember like i think i made a very mad because i wasn't vibing with the verse but i had this other idea through and you know everybody was gracious enough to let me do my idea and then everybody ended up really digging it and then that's again it's like that creativity of how everybody kind of works together and how each different personality affects the outcome of what the song ends up being and it's usually stronger for it yeah yeah it's about exploration i mean stranger days it's totally sounded totally different to what it became but that's the excitement to watch that you know blossom into this beautiful rose so to speak or flower so yeah we love that process that's awesome you know we hear it all the time that there is this the songs already exist it's just that we have you're you're able to channel them you're able to to reach them for some reason they come to you and you know i mean we hear that constantly we hear that from writers from stories we hear that all the time so i mean i really believe there's something in that yeah yeah, for sure. Well, I, so, I totally believe that. I, yeah, I say it all the time. It's like, you know, you're, we're just an antenna, you know. So then let's talk, um, you know, we're almost out of our time here, but uh, let's just talk about next year and the, like, touring and stuff like that. Like, what is, like, after the album's released, how do you, how do you get the grand plan underway? Well, we have four shows on the books uh, that takes us through May. Um, obviously, we're still a new band. We're building a brand. Um, you know, we're hopeful that once the record comes out with the push from the label that, you know, secure an agent. Um, and, uh, really want to get on a tour as opposed to you know, hammering it out in clubs and stuff like that. You really want to get in front of a lot of people, you know, 
which we've been able to do a couple of times. And the, we, we saw those gigs really, they were game changers. Played with that elitist way at the Hard Rock on the Strip. And there's a lot of people at that. Nobody really knew who we were. We, this was our third gig. And by the end of our set, you know, people were coming up to us after the show. I just thought, like, holy shit. Wow. So, um, you know, we saw something happen then. So that's, yeah, kind of the idea. Yeah. Speaking of touring, there's one. One story, Stacy, we need you to tell. Featuring a tour bus in our city of Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and a club I think was the back alley, if I remember correctly. What was the name of that place? Uh, I just remember that afterwards, we were parked in the back of the club. There was these apartment complexes across the street. And there was this drunk guy, and he just kept messing with us. We were on the bus, and they started, how he lifted his ass up all the way on the windshield. <laughs> I don't know. And a step ladder or something, but he was rubbing his ass. On, he just kept fucking with us. And then he started throwing water balloons at the bus, and we were like, okay, that's it, you know. Because a lot of us just wanted to get off the bus and kick this guy's ass, but then I'm like, no, no we can't do that. Um, Looking back, maybe we should have, but uh, I remember Adam Hamilton, who was in band at the time, bass player, he had just bought this uh, paint gun. So we were waiting for the bus driver to come back. So we turned off all the lights. We told him what was going on. And this guy was relentless, man. So... We turn off all the lights and Adam, like, we cracked the side window and he just, like, you know, just put this guy in his hairs, man. And <laughs> we just lit this guy up with a paintball gun. And then the, the bus driver just wrapped it up and we took off and it's like, payback, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now this now guy got his ass up on the window and he was doing like that. I'm like, what is this guy doing? How is he reaching up that high? <laughs> hey, Morton, you wanted them to tell this story now twice. <laughs> this isn't you, is it? No, no. I, my, I knew it was you. My ass doesn't reach, doesn't reach higher than about three feet. <laughs> that, that's the age coming in again. Yeah. Okay, now, before we go, does anybody else have a story they can talk about? Does anyone else have a good story? Well, I got I got a ton of stories. How much time do you have? No. Plenty. <laughs> How much time do you have? Yeah. <laughs> Tell um, us a good one. Nothing that's going to uh, top that. I don't have one that's going to top that one. That I can say. <laughs> we'll save that for the second yeah. podcast. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. Well... We have taken up a lot of your time and we want to give you the chance to tell everybody how they can keep up with you and where they can find the single and all of us. Uh, yeah, so you can find us crashingwayward.com uh, uh, on all social media at Crashing Wayward. Uh, the song is available everywhere. Apple Music, YouTube. Uh, please go and like and subscribe to our YouTube. That's a huge one for us. Uh, Spotify. Everywhere music is streamed, we're available. Uh, 
crashing wayward. Awesome. Well, I mean, Breathe is a great song, and uh, I know we certainly look forward to hearing the rest of the album. And so we'll have to talk to you again when that when that moment occurs. But uh, yes. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Until that until that point, uh, we wish you nothing but the best in the future, and we thank all of you for coming on the show. Yeah, thank, thank you. you guys. Thanks, so much. Guys. Appreciate it. Happy you holidays. Guys, happy holidays. Stay warm up there in Calgary. We will. <laughs> we're trying. We'll, we'll just you know start setting things on fire. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bill barrels in the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. And uh, thanks, we'll guys. Right. Yeah. All righty. Yeah. Bye. Cheers. Yeah. was blue.